Ready to roll? Ready to roll. Let's do it. Steve, what's going on, my friend? Thank you for doing this, man. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. How was your kid's birthday party? Uh, it was a neighbor's kid, but yeah, my kids were there. It was, uh, <laughs> what is it, the Frozen? So oh. Elsa and Anna or whatever it is. Yeah, just. Are all the dads at like the barbecues and parties, do they talk baseball with you, try and talk about their glory days or no? Sometimes. Uh, this one, not so much. Um, just a neighbor I've known for a long time, so we've already probably had those conversations. And then uh, all the rest were probably just like, God, I can't believe I'm here at a three-year-old girl's birthday party instead of watching March Madness. <laughs> had no idea who I was. Could care less. <laughs> What's cooler, being on your first baseball card or being in a video game? Ooh, probably a baseball card. Uh, yeah, just growing up, you know, video games didn't really exist when I was little. And when they did, you know, they didn't have the players on them yet. They're all make-believe players. So uh, baseball card, I remember collecting for years and, you know, yeah, that first one was pretty cool. Of course, by then, you know, they had cards for minor leagues and all that stuff. And so that was all totally different. But, uh, yeah, the first big league card was definitely pretty cool. It's funny you said that because a lot of the older players I have on, retired guys, they're like baseball card. And the younger dudes are like video game, of course, 100 times over. I can believe it, yeah. With uh, was it the, I don't even know what the half the baseball games are called anymore. MLB something. but The show. The show is the big one. The show, yeah. Isn't there a curse or something too? Like if you're on the – yeah, it's like Madden. You're, like, cover, I, you're gonna have a bad year. Yeah, it's like the Madden curse. <laughs> California guy, born and raised, JUCO in Cali, then Long Beach State. Any other schools in the running, or you were gonna stay in California to play college baseball? Uh, Arizona State was uh, where I wanted to go. Um, at the time, they were top one or two in the nation for the for prior years, and uh, um, they're still close enough to California that um, you know I'd be close to the family and all that stuff, but. Uh, yeah, they were they were the, the best in the country at the time. Um, Cal State Fullerton was right there. Uh, I was talking to a few others, but nothing uh, as serious as, as those two. And then, of course, Long Beach State won out. Uh, just came down to I was definitely going to get a chance to start, and I didn't want to go to a you know four year school and you know really have to fight for a starting spot. I wanted to get that chance to so give me a chance to move on to the next level. And your first year, you go to the World Series with uh, Jason Giambi, right? Yeah, Jason Giambi was my third baseman. Uh, hit four ten <laughs> with I don't know maybe twelve homers or something like that. He, I mean, he could line hit line drives over the shortstop's head anytime he wanted, pretty much. And uh, yeah, it was uh, he was a great great hitter all three years he was at Long Beach. So you do one year there, and then you get drafted by the Cubbies, eighth round in ninety one. It's not like now where you can go on and see 800 mock drafts where you might go. I love draft day stories. So where were you when you got the call? And like, what, what were you thinking before the draft? Uh, we're College World Series, actually. So the draft and the World Series were all going on at the same time. Um, I was fortunate to know that I was definitely going to get drafted. Um, I had played the Alaskan League prior to uh, Long Beach State in between junior college and uh, I had a great three i was only there like three weeks and i i think i gave up one run the entire time and uh, there was this tournament i think it was in wichita kansas it goes on nonstop for 24 hours and uh i met a cub scout there and uh, he actually they offered offered me a contract to sign before going to long beach and uh <laughs> the pitching coach from long beach was actually one of the coaches on that alaska team in the tournament <laughs> he basically <laughs> pulled me aside he's like look man if you sign this contract gonna break your arm <laughs> Kick you in a hole out here in kansas no one's ever gonna hear from you again but uh i had already learned at that point i wasn't quite ready to to, to sign so i uh, did my one year at long beach 
um, yeah, it was just a matter of waiting to see what round I was going to be in. Um, her first round to 20th round. So there was really no way of knowing for sure. Um, uh, but was excited to see that the Cubs still had interest in me to, to draft me after offering me a contract. How'd they tell you? I know you were at the World Series. They pulled you aside, but how did it happen? Uh, you know, I think it was just a simple phone call, really. Um, you know, it was basically a left message somewhere, maybe in the hotel room. Um, I don't even remember the specifics of it. Because <laughs> um, we were probably playing a game, at, in, you know, there in Omaha, there, you know, at the time it was actually drafted. So, uh, um, yeah, they just basically said, yeah, if you're drafted in the eighth round. And basically we had, we had so many guys on the team that were getting drafted. There was a couple of guys that were, you know, the, the sandwich picks. So there was a bunch of guys already drafted before me. So basically just running around asking all your teammates, you know, where they had gotten drafted or if they'd heard anything. So uh, plus guys on the other teams as well. So, and, and you shot right through the minus you, you got drafted in 91 and you, at the end of in 93, you were in the, in the big leagues, right? Yeah. Um, just had a lot of success early. Um, you know, went to Geneva, New York, which <laughs> yes, it was because I kind of, Signed a little bit late because I had like this crazy thing. I had to get some dental work done beforehand, so I had to make sure my insurance, you know, my parents' insurance was going to take care of that all before I could get there. And uh, yeah, I get to Geneva, New York, and all the guys I'm playing against are all high school guys. And I was just like, wait a minute, I was just pitching the College World Series 22 days ago. Why am I pitching against these high high school kids? So yeah, I had no business being there. I think it was just kind of their test run to see where I was at. And then they sent me straight to high A ball did okay there. And then, yeah, made the team in double a had a little bit of struggles there. Actually had a uh, pitching coordinator or a front office coordinator telling me to uh, ditch my split finger which, in my opinion and the opinion of many other scouts was my best pitch at the time and uh, had to go straight to a changeup. So I was actually getting my ass kicked in double a, and uh, the pitching coach in Double A was the same pitching coach I finished with in A ball, and he actually kind of stuck his neck out to get me on that team. So for me to struggle was kind of looking bad on him as well. But uh, the major league pitching coordinator came down, Chuck Estrada, and came down. And he was like, um, you know, what, what what's the difference? And I said, oh, this guy told me to quit throwing the split. He's like, which guy? The guy that's never played baseball before in his entire life and works in the front office? And I was like. I don't know about the base playing or not, but yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he goes, how about we do this? Don't tell anybody. Shit can that change up and throw your split and just tell them you're throwing the change up still. I win my next 11 games. <laughs> By going back to the split, you win the next 11 games? Win the next 11 that's games. Awesome. The all-star game, all of that stuff. And then at, at that point, too, the second half of that season, there was guys that from other teams that were getting called up to the big leagues that I, I felt like had similar stuff. Uh, first guy, I think it was uh, Paul Wagner with the pirates. He got called up and won like his first two or three starts up there. And I, and we had very similar stuff at the time. So once I saw him get called up and do have success, I knew as long as I stayed healthy, I was at least going to get a shot. Tell me a young Steve walk into the locker room. There's Sean Dunstan, Mike Morgan, Ryan Sandberg, Mockery, what do you do? And I have a gazillion guys on. Did you go up to them like, hi, I'm Steve? Did, what's your thing? Because you're walking into this is a legendary locker room. Yeah, it was a great locker room. The funniest part was I'm coming down the stairs and Jim Lefevre's standing at the bottom of the stairs. And he's like, you Traxel? I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I can cuss here or not. But he goes, where the fuck have you been? And I was like, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, my God, am I late? 
I'm like, my first day, I'm already like, oh, I was supposed to be here like an hour ago? He's like, I've been trying to get you here for three and a half months. Wow, was, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was news to me. I mean, it wasn't even on the roster. So I guess, you know, some moves would have been made. But yeah, he's like, I've been trying to get you here for three and a half months. And the guys upstairs wouldn't wouldn't do it. They wouldn't pull the trigger and bring you up. And I was like, uh, so I'm like, well, that was, welcome to the big leagues. And <laughs> manager already dropped an F-bomb on me. <laughs> Is it true that Sean Dunson had like this cannon of an arm? Because you always read stories that he had just a, an absolute rocket. Absolute. 95 across the diamond every time and uh yeah mark grayson would be in my locker mate and uh he would just tell sean he's like hey i can't jump <laughs> so when you throw it 95 at nine feet i can't jump i can't catch it he said if you bounce it in the dirt i'll catch every <laughs> single one of them i don't care how hard you throw it just don't throw it high because i can't jump i won't get them so uh, yeah, just absolute missiles across every single time. The friendly confines, it's like the iconic stadium, one of the top three or two or three most iconic stadiums in baseball. How was it being a young dude on the Cubs? Uh, was it just like living the dream? Were you a rock star back then? Oh, no. <laughs> I was I was out of my element. Just I mean, I was 22, mm-hmm. knew nothing about Chicago, never followed the Cubs. You know, grew up in Southern. I was a Dodgers Angels guy, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of Padres. Um, you know, death after Steve Garvey left LA, but I really knew nothing about the Cubs other than, you know, Sandberg, Grace, Maddox, who had just, just left, went to Atlanta. One of the first or second questions I even got from reporters was basically, I was, you're here to take Maddox's spot. How does, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm like, um, I've got nine innings, I think under my belt or something like that at this point. And I'm like, I'm taking the Cy Young that just left the entire city of Chicago is upset about. So <laughs> was that yeah. a, a lot of pressure early on then? If they were yeah, saying that, that, was or... a lot of, that was a lot of pressure. I wasn't expecting, you know, I'm just trying to establish myself. <laughs> and now it's like, not only do I got to establish myself, I got to, I got to take over Cy Young spot. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you do nine years there with the Cubbies and then you become a free agent. Why, why Tampa? Uh, unfortunately, it's just kind of where, I only had, I didn't have any choices. Um, I had a really poor year, uh, my last year, 99, um, was talking with the Mets at that time. Uh, Steve Phillips was fantastic GM, of the Mets at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very straightforward to, Hey, we've got some moves we need to make, but, but we want to get you here in New York. If we can make these moves, you're in. And wow. one move would happen. He would call and say, Hey, we're a move or two away. So if we can get that. And I wasn't getting a lot of notice from other teams. Uh, I mean, we were talking to Tampa, but I, I really wanted to go to New York. They were, you know, one of my top top picks. And uh, Steve called and said, "Hey, you know, we're not, uh, we can't get these other moves made. So, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to bring you in." And so I ended up in Tampa, and uh, I was talking about a two year deal there. And then at the last minute, but I go, we brought in this Juan Guzman guy, and we gave him the two year deal that we were going to give you. I was just like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> I mean, I just got done throwing 200 innings, and I, and I can't find a job. So, like, if you want us to still come here, you know, we got a million bucks for you. And, unfortunately, I had to take it. Luckily, they gave me all kinds of incentives so I could get back to what I was the prior year. And as soon as I started hitting those <laughs> incentives, they traded me to Toronto. <laughs> Let me ask you, because now Tampa – it's like the model for baseball. They have all these young kids, good front office. Is it frustrating being on that team 
knowing you have teams back then when the Yankees would buy everybody, the Red Sox would buy everybody. And then you sit around like, we have young talent, they're either losing the talent or they're not going out. Is that frustrating as a player? I know you're only there for a year. Is that frustrating to see? Well, we had we had a lot of veterans on that guy, on that team. And uh, the guys, you know, we had Canseco, Fred McGriff, Vinny Castilla, Greg Vaughn, you know. So, so we had a stacked lineup. We just couldn't keep anybody healthy. And, you know, we had the pitching. You know, Juan Guzman broke down few months after the season started and the guy that, you know, I was sitting there like, Oh yeah, you gave my contract to this guy. <laughs> so that was a little frustrating, but yeah, once everybody got hurt, it, you know, it, we were, we were screwed. And, uh, you know, Tampa back down, I haven't been there for years, but you know, I, Boston come down, Yankees come down. It was a home game for them. Yep. Oh, of course. That was the only time we sell out and it would be 45,000 with 37,000 of them being Red Sox or Yankees fans. So, so that was a little difficult. Um, you know, and then when I got traded to Toronto, they were in the hunt. They sold the team to Rogers, I think two weeks after I got there. So that kind of blew up everything there. Cause everyone was from the front office all the way through the coaching staff was all worried about whether they're going to have a job the next year. And, um, you know, I didn't do real well there, unfortunately, um, but yeah, worked out the next year. I got to go to New York where I wanted to be, you know, two years prior. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. The Mets wanted you. He, Steve came and got you. Why'd you yes. want to come to the big apple? What made you want to come here? Um, I kind of wanted to feel that pressure, that expectation to, to have to win, um, on a bigger stage, I guess. Um, and as well as being a city where, you know, the organization was going to have to, put guys out there and because the expectation on the organization was to win as well as what it was for the players. Um, you know, great, solid baseball fan base. Um, a little bit of Chicago for me felt kind of uh, touristy. Mm-hmm. Um, Wrigley Field, like you said, on its own was its own destination. Whether So it didn't always matter how well we were doing as a team. Um, I remember warming up for a game there. during It was there during 98, during the home run hitting thing with, between Mark and Sammy. And, you know, family, you know, the bullpens are right there, eight feet from the front row. And this family of four or five comes down. They're all in brand new white Cubs jerseys. They've got their programs out. And I hear hear the dad go looking out. He's looking out over the field (laughs) going, we're supposed to be here looking for this number 21 Sosa guy. No. (laughs) I glanced over. I'm like, you've got $450 in brand new jerseys on. Unreal. And you don't know a single player on this entire team except for Sammy. (laughs) And it was just, it was kind of like that a lot, unfortunately. I knew it wasn't going to be like that in New York. <laughs> yes. Well, well that's what's going to actually come to that. You came in there in 2001, right? Yes. So a year after the World Series, we're on with the Yankees. So expectations are high. How was it with sports talk radio, the media? Was it overwhelming? Not as much as you thought or what? Uh, it was way more than I thought. Um, Chicago was tough. Um, they had some pretty tough, but Chicago's still half the size of what New York, maybe even double that. So, uh, yeah, I thought I was prepared for New York and I was really looking forward to it. And I learned really quickly that I was not prepared for it. Um, as there's no real way I think you can prepare for it unless you're born and raised and grow up in it. Um, LA is not even the same and pretty, you know, you go to like Houston, they have two beat reporters and, uh, you know, the Mets, we had a dozen plus another dozen radio guys plus, op-ed guys that would do their Sunday, you know, you'd see them once every two weeks, they would tear you to shreds in the paper and then they wouldn't show up for three weeks because they didn't want to see you. Yeah. After you up. So, uh, that was something I was not prepared for. It definitely affected me. Um, 
and yeah, that was that was part of the reason yeah, when I went down to uh, AAA for those 19 days or 18 mm-hmm. days, or whatever it was, was was to get away from that, to clear my head, and to just kind of figure out a way to uh, to, to block that out and not have to deal with it. Where'd you live when you played for the Mets? Where'd you live? I lived in Connecticut. <laughs> you didn't even live in the city. I didn't even live in the city. No, I had a, a young baby. My oldest son was 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 one. Okay. And I just I was like. Well, what do you get in a cab and you just carry a baby seat with you all the time, or I don't know, what do you do? <laughs> so yeah, I just I lived up in Connecticut and yeah, came right over the Whitestone Bridge every day for six years. Now, how was the locker room? Because I talk to players now, and they mm-hmm. said the locker room they don't know it any other way. There's everyone's on the iPads, everyone's on the phone. There's not that much camaraderie back then. That was a tight team. It was Piazza, Zeal, Rayodonias, and there was always things that you guys were a tight team. Yeah, Robin compl- Ventura. Yeah, that was yeah definitely different back then. Um, it's smaller than what the new, you know, well, they did a lot of remodeling to Shea even before, before city field. So there wasn't a lot of places that you could get away from where the media was coming mm-hmm. in. So you know, every once in a while we would fake a team meeting <laughs> so that the media guys couldn't come in just so we just to, to get a break for everybody else too. And uh, of course so they would all come in and be like, Oh, so what was the team meeting about when they finally got to ask us? So we'd have to come up with some kind of story or you know, something, but, um, yeah, it was, it was great. That was a great team. All my teams in, in New York, we, you, you had to, ha- to have a great camaraderie just be- because it was kind of like you against the media at times. And, uh, they would come in and try to stir the pot, like, you know, so they could get their stories, but you know, we, we would try to really keep it together as much as possible. And I've always felt like we did a really good job with that. So you're on the Mets for a few months. You're a New Yorker. 9-11 happens. Where were you when it happens? And what's going through your head when that whole thing happens? Because that was a um, weird, weird time for the Mets because they really that, stepped up that time. Yeah, that was that was just, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, we were in Pittsburgh. Um, we were across the street from a federal building of some sorts. I know it was just a 50-story federal building. Um, so after the first two planes, we were getting phone calls that apparently the plane that was ended up was going to D.C., the Pentagon or whatever it was going to be. There was a rumor from our security who had FBI contacts that that federal building may potentially be a target for some reason. So I don't know what was in that building. So anyway, they got us out of there pretty quick. Um, took us out into the uh, outskirts of Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, I just, I remember sitting in the bar with must've been half the team at that point, just glued, you know, to CNN or whatever it was, just, watching and in shock and just disbelief and uh after a few hours of it we just all kind of like we we got to get back and so we started you know the team was like no we get we're gonna stay here for as long as we need to or they want us to and and uh, the guys were like no we 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 got to get back we got to whatever we can do we got to be able to do it um so they end up using shea stadium as kind of a staging point mm-hmm. for everything and it was already in full gear by the time we got back the next day. I think we got back the 13th, I think it was. And Shea Stadium, the parking lot was just, I mean, the, the fire trucks, the 18-wheelers, the the pallets and pallets of everything, masks, boots, dog food, waters. I mean, it was just amazing how much people sent in and how much stuff came in, how it got there so quickly. It was really, really impressive. And um yeah, I mean, just that whole. Obviously, it's you never forget where you were, and that's there's always always those things that happen in your lifetime you never forget. That's uh, that's definitely one of them. 
here in New York, whenever 9-11 comes up, you know, they play clips and they always play that Piazza home run in September 21st against the Braves. You're obviously you're in the dugout or you're in the bullpen yep. when it happens, right? Oh, yeah, no, I'm in the dugout. I, okay. I'm up on the railing. I'm in my jacket. I've got my fire FDNY hat mm-hmm. on. And everyone looks at me. He's like, you didn't, people that know me, they see it. They go, oh, you didn't have the big reaction. And I go, you know what? I remember during, I was going through these ups and downs the entire game. And I remember specifically during that minute, I was so freaking mad, just anger. And, you know, before the game is really emotional and sad. And mm-hmm. then you get excited for the game to start. And also it's like, I'm, I'm still pretty pissed off about yeah. all that's going on. And I was very pissed off, even though it was, one of the most amazing sports moments in my career. I remember during that few five, six, seven, eight minutes, I was still really angry. And uh, yeah, I mean, my wife, you know, never, she, my wife's never seen me play. So, so that's one of the games oh, that wow. comes on. A lot. Yeah. So she, I go, yeah, there I am right there. That's me. You know, I was there. <laughs> you know, thank God you're not in New York now. Cause you know, it's very safe now. There's no crime. Everything's great here in New York. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my daughter goes to school there. So. Oh, uh, where did she go to school? She goes to, she's at Pace University, downtown. Yeah, right across the street from City Hall. Yeah, uh, I, I worked down in that area for seven years back in the day. Yeah, so yeah, you walk out from her dorm room and Freedom Tower is right there. It's actually really cool. Uh, but yeah, that university had a lot of history. You know, that, that was going to be a morgue at one point mm-hmm. inside the campus and got shut down quickly because there was, unfortunately, nobody to, to bring in there. Yeah. So that, but they did have a couple uh, faculty members die during all that as well. So, um, yeah, no, she loves the city. She got uh, pickpocketed her first uh, seven days there twice. So she's a real uh, New Yorker now. She's a real New Yorker now. A real New Yorker now, and yeah, we hear about all the stuff on the subways and. <laughs> oh, it's it's wild. It really is. It's 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 embarrassing now. It really is. It's the wild east. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my dude, it's it's wild. It's back in like the eighties. Now it's craziness. Hey, yeah, definitely nervous for sometimes, that's for sure. But I want to go back to 96. You're an all-star. Obviously, you belong. Did you geek out with anybody? Because it wasn't a lot of interleague back then. Did you geek out seeing Tony Gwynn, Ripken, Griffey? Anyone like, oh, shit, that's blank or not really? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, I actually hung out with Piazza quite a bit. Um, hanging out with Chipper Jones during the home run hitting contest was pretty cool. I got to play cards with Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin. Tracks will force them for cards, <laughs> which was which was interesting. Yeah, um, you know, you know Barry Bonds. Let's talk to him. You know, for a little bit. I mean, yeah, it was it was really kind of surreal seeing your name with all those guys and uh, being a part of that. Again, same same problem. I'm twenty five year old kid. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know how to embrace it all. You know, thinking, oh yeah, you know, I was a double A all star, triple A all star. Now I'm a big league all star. That's what I do. Be- yeah. Yeah. One, what do I do? Two, eh, three or four of these. You know, I'm going to go to three or four of these in the rest of my career. You know, didn't happen. You know, maybe a little big headed on my part. Maybe <laughs> I should have gotten some more autographs, more photos, whatever. But uh, yeah, that, that, that was awesome. You were always known as the pitcher who was consistent. 200 innings, blah, 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 blah. 2005, you get hurt. Mentally, how do you deal with that? Because that's the first time you were really shelved, right? Was something big, yeah. That that was uh, that was a long process because the, the, the original injury went back to just before Christmas. Uh, it was a workout injury. You know, they, they, they call it something that's just kind of built up over time because the, the workouts weren't weren't anything new. Just uh, just a matter of all that work finally 
took its toll and then, yeah, hurt my back. So went to New York a couple of times prior to spring training, even to get my back looked at, passed all the tests, you know, we thought it was something that we we're going to be able to manage. And uh, as spring training went on, it just continued to get worse. Um, at one point we thought it, it developed into shin splints because it was a real wet spring. So we had a lot of guys that year that were, that got shin splints. So I remember there was five or six of us at a time uh, working out in this uh, treadmill pool. And all of a sudden there was four of us and there was three of us and two of us. And then it was just me. I'm like, okay, these guys are all getting better. I'm not. So what's going on. And uh, I remember one game uh, pitching it. It was actually pitching against the Orioles in spring training game that my back hurt so bad. I had to squat on the mound to relieve the pressure to take the sign from, I think I can't remember who was catching the time, but it might've been Todd Pratt for something, but uh yeah, he'd give me the signs, and I was in a full squat, just like a catcher. I'd get the sign and then stand up and go into the stretch and then feebly make a pitch at Oof. 80 miles an hour or 78 miles an hour or something like that. And I got done. I think I only went two innings. And I remember the, <laughs> the press guys coming in, the media reporters coming in, thinking, okay, they're going to like, they're gonna be like, what's, what's with the squat thing? Not a question. <laughs> Not a word. And I was like, Okay, well, they're definitely going to want to know why it's topping out at 77 miles an hour or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Not a question about that. I was like, wow, okay, what, were they watching? And they're like, oh, they want to know how the new slider is trying to work on a slider. Like, that was their, that's why they want, how'd the slider work out today? I was like, actually, the couple I threw were okay because they were probably <laughs> 70 miles an hour and, you know, didn't do anything. I was just like, were they not watching? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, and then it, yeah, I think I flew back to New York two days later and uh, saw a couple of doctors, and they were like, yeah, you need surgery like Oof. now, immediately. Um, so had a, got a third opinion, went to L.A., saw a doctor there, and I walk in, and there are photos of 50 or 60 hockey players that he had already done the exact same surgery on. And I was like, nope, done. You're my guy. Yeah. Yep. Now, me mentally, again, because you retired three years later, baseball mm -hmm. reference, you know, everything on the internet is, tr uh, is true, Steve. So it's it says true. you made 41 million. So you're living the life. You're a baller. Is it difficult being a 38-year-old being retired? Are you like, holy shit, what do I do now in my life? Uh, a little bit. Um, I kind of saw it coming. Um, being a 38-year-old 38 38 uh, on the Baltimore Royals, I think the next youngest guy was four years next below me. Maybe like Kevin Millar. I mean, mm -hmm. and then after that, it dropped dramatically. Yeah, yeah. And when you're the only guy in the shower without tattoos, <laughs> you're like, okay. You see the writing on the wall. I, yeah. They're, they're, they're getting younger. I'm the old guy, I'm, you know, and, uh, and I was struggling a little bit as well. So I could see it coming. I, I did try out for the Padres the next year. Um, went to the tryout with myself, Mark Pryor, Scott Ellerton and Brian Lawrence, which at one time would have been a pretty good foursome. Hell yeah, it would have been. Rotation. And uh, I thought I threw a great bullpen. I mean, I wasn't even in 100% pitching shape. And I went out, I think I was dotting the outside corner at my curveball I thought was nasty. Talking with Kevin Towers for 40 minutes afterwards. We were talking more about Napa Valley and wine and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? I might have a chance here. You know, uh, Trevor Hoffman had just left, mm -hmm. so he really didn't have a veteran presence. So I thought the very least I could, you know, maybe do something that way. And, uh, yeah, they waited probably four weeks 
I was actually at Disneyland in line for Space Mountain with my kids when the phone oh. call came. They came and they're like, yeah, we're going to pass. And I was oh. like, wow, okay. I'm like, well, you guys, in my opinion, are the, the worst pitching staff in baseball right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't pitch for you guys. Then I guess it's probably not going to work. Um, but the opportunity to go to Japan. Um, but I was recently divorced and I'm like, I'm not going to make my kids fly 14 hours to see me in Japan. It's just not worth it. Didn't need to do it. Uh, under different circumstances, I would have probably jumped all over it because I just think that would have been an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to hang them up and hang out and ride my motorcycle. And well, well speaking, of, speaking of Japan, I, I read or heard something about you. Are you a big traveler or you want to go to a bunch of places? Because I, I read that about you. Yeah, that my I have a long list of stuff places I want to go. Um, I've made it to Italy, made okay. it to Spain a couple times. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, my dream in life is to visit every country in the world. I've been to 83. I'm obsessed oh with traveling. Gosh, so give me, yeah, a, give, give me a couple I'm that so, you're, you're dying to go to. I am really actually really jealous of you right now. Um, Germany would love to be on my mm -hmm. list. I'd love to go to Germany for Oktoberfest. Uh -huh. um, my, my background is Swiss, so Switzerland is definitely on my list. I love food, love wine. Anywhere it's going to have great food and wine. Um, Portugal would be great. Argentina um, so, and South Africa, known for that wine. Argentina, Chile, I think would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, there's a lot of places I'd love to go still that I need to get to. Um, my son was supposed to go to uh, Ireland next year for for a study abroad because all that stuff got postponed yeah. through COVID. He just won. Uh, he's going to be president of the university student body president next year. So now he's not going, which oh. means like, shoot, now I can't go either <laughs> then. So, um, yeah, trying to put some stuff together. Luckily things are opening up mm -hmm. with all this COVID garbage, but, uh, yeah, I need to need to get on some planes and go see some places. You finish your career. I'm asking you a few questions. How many home runs did you hit in your career? Uh, if we count spring training four. <laughs> How about not spring training? Three. <laughs> nice. Okay. How many wins did you have? Do you know? 140-something? 143. I'm impressed. And how about this? The innings ones you should know. I know you know the innings one, right? Yeah. 2501. I know it's, just a, it's a shade over 2,500. I know that, yeah. And how about how many strikeouts did you have? Oh, gosh. Probably half of my innings. So maybe I'll, I'll guess 1,200. I don't know. 1,591. That's, that's oh, an impressive okay. number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Mets have an old-timers day this year. Did you get the invite? Yes. Are you going? I will be there. Oh, that's awesome. I am. Yeah, I am. It's just another reminder. Yes. <laughs> just I, another, it's not just the gray, gray beard and the, the gray hairs. Old timers game is another reminder. You ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Absolutely. You and I are at a bar in New York City. When you come to visit your daughter at Pace, you want to impress everyone in the bar. Who's the coolest person in your phone? that If you texted them, they would text you back. For New York City? Yeah, you're oh, in New Johnny York. Franco. Yeah, and, Johnny Franco. Al that's Leiter. a that's yeah. a great answer. Okay, great answer. I'd say Piazza, but he's in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> How about this coolest piece of memorabilia that you own? Oh man, that's actually one of my regrets. I should have gotten more. Um, Non-baseball stuff. I got Muhammad Ali on a glove. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's one of the holy Gretzky. grails. It is. Yeah. I got Gretzky on a stick. Um, at one point, it was my Sosa McGuire signed joint bats. Okay. Um, but those aren't all that great anymore. No. You know, thanks to Al Leiter, my bobblehead has got to be one. Okay. That's, that, recently that's super that's cool. That's a pretty hard bobblehead to get. So apparently that's pretty pretty up there. Um, anything having to do with my All-Star game, my All-Star jersey, you know, the ring that came with it, all of that. 
Well, I was going to ask you, and you kind of answered it. So you didn't ask many players for autographs. I was going to say the last player you asked for an autograph or picture from. Uh, Right before um, I got released, I got Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter on baseballs. That's I actually just had Mariano Rivera on the podcast two weeks ago. Oh, great. From oh, his yeah. house. Yeah, it's like it, it's bug. It, that was the one that really bugged me out. I'm like sitting in Rivera's house. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is this is insane. <laughs> Such a soft spoken guy for an absolute monster on the mound. Absolute beast. How about this? Any significance to the numbers you wore? 46, 29, 41, 52, anything? Uh, 52, definitely not. Um, when I got traded back to the Cubs, uh, Ryan Dempster had 46. And he was a pretty solid closer for them. So I just said, you know, I'm here as an insurance policy. I knew what my role was at that point. Uh, 46 was assigned to me when I got to the Cubs. 29, I just wanted a change. Okay. Uh, I wanted 41 when I got to the Mets. Yeah, I don't think they're letting you have that one. It, it actually took us and the front and the uh, the clubhouse crew a couple of days to figure out why 41 wasn't available. I can't I, – I, it just blows my mind that that wasn't immediately – no, bro, that's that's franchise. You ain't getting that one. Yeah, yeah. So I so I got forty one when I when I got to Baltimore. And here we go. One sporting event in history that you wish you could have witnessed live. Oh man, that was the Miracle on Ice. The big hockey fan. That's a you know what? That's a great one. I always get like the same three or four usually, and mm-hmm. no one has said that one in a while. That's a great one. Yeah, that one. I think that would be amazing. I get the Miracle on Ice. I get Ali Frazier at the Garden. Okay. Uh, mine is always Babe Ruth's cold shot in 32. If it happened. Yeah. Well, well, well I know, I know. At least you, then you would know you were there, right? <laughs> yes. And then uh, a lot of people, uh, Jackie Robinson's debut, a lot of people say that one. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty amazing. It was the all baseball, though. All baseball stuff. Except yeah, mostly, for... mostly, mostly. So, yeah. dude, this was a blast. I hope it was a little different. Actually, different stuff. And listen, when you come to New York, we'll link up. We'll uh, we'll have some beers and we'll make sure your daughter's safe at pace. All right, my friend? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was amazing. We went back for the, the 20-year 9-11. And we were underneath and was talking to all the police. And they're all, as soon as they all found out she was going, I got so many business cards from guys. I was like, here's the FBI contacts. Yes. Here's our security. Here's the emergency. You know, it was awesome. I, just, I walked out with like 30. I'm like, handed into her. I said, if anything happens, and don't forget, 10 houses right down the street. It's two blocks away from you. So I'll tell you, I will, um, later on. I'll send you, when we hang up, I'll send you the NYPD baseball shirt. I'll send to you. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'll send that to you. I'll text you to get your sizes. I'll send you some stuff. All right, brother. Dude, this was a blast, man. Thank you so much. I'll see you later, brother. All right. Of course, man. Bye-bye. See you.